Today is May 8th, 2021. Welcome to Native Calgarian. Oki, Naganago, Mekoche, Chestakomaki. My name is Red Thunder Woman. My married English name is Michelle Robinson, and I use she and her pronouns. Native Calgarian is being recorded on the lands of the Nitsitapi, which is the Blackfoot Confederacy. The Blackfoot south of the imposed U.S. Canadian border are the Blackfeet. North of the border are the Siksika, Ganai, and Bugani of the Confederacy. These lands were signed on uh, September 22nd, 1877, uh, Treaty 7 signed, with signatures that are the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Wesley, Chinookee, Bearspaw Nations of the Stoney, and the Dene from Sutina. I acknowledge all First Nation, Métis, Inuit status, and non-status across Turtle Island as the keepers of these lands. All non-Indigenous are treaty partners with the government signing on your behalf. I honor the Blackfoot as the elders have been so kind to teach me how to say my name on my Red Road journey. Elder Red Crane taught me how to pronounce my spirit name. I was born in Calgary or in Blackfoot as Michelle Elliott, a very English name which has afforded me privilege in an English colonial world. My mother is Northern Slavey Dene or Satu Dene, but my Indian Act imposed status card by the Canadian government says Yellowknives Dene. My father is so Canadian. I am a daughter of the Mayflower and a daughter of the American Revolution while having an Indian Act imposed status card. My Dene lineage roots me in the land of the Hare people, also called the Great Bear Lake people in Treaty 11. I'm a native to Turtle Island, and my Dene nation is a visitor to this area of Clinchotine Indehe, meaning many horse town, named after the Calgary Stampede. Land acknowledgements are critical for creating a safer space as well as honoring the host as a guest and acknowledging our role as treaty partners. My humblest apologies to the Blackfoot elders and language keepers as I try to learn proper pronunciation. Any mistakes or misinterpretations will be on me. I encourage questions so that misunderstandings can be cleared up as soon as possible. I do not speak on behalf of all Indigenous. I just share what I know as I walk down my red road. My Patreon account is Native Calgarian where you can pledge and support. Thank you for your previous support. If you value listening or watching and can afford to give, thank you. To those who cannot afford to give, love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com where you can send in your comments or your questions. I also have a YouTube channel that you can go and subscribe and go to nativecalgarian.com for the latest podcasts and pin posts on social media. And I'm really lucky today to have a friend of mine, uh, Stephanie Harp. How are you? Oh, you're on mute, my friend. I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. That's great. Well, I'm glad you're here. Um, you know, I, I usually try to introduce people, but you know, in, in our ways, we kind of introduce ourselves our own way. So that's why I always give the people the, the opportunity to speak. And, uh, you know, you're kind of like one of those rock star people that get to, uh, you know, tour the world and, and do all sorts of cool speaking engagements and stuff. So yeah, it's I kind of have a celebrity on my show today. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here with you. And thank you for all your work. Um, thank you for all your acknowledgement. Um, and, uh, you know, trying to uh, make sure you're respectful and honorable to everybody. Um, and uh, just just to let you got everyone know who, who, who don't know me. Um, my name is Stephanie Harp. Um, I was uh, born and raised here in Treaty 6 here in, in so-called Edmonton. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, but my, my mother is a uh, full-blooded uh, Dene uh, from uh, Treaty 8 and uh, Fort Mackay First Nations. And so my father 
is also uh, you know a Métis man from around the Lathlabish area as well, Métis settlements there in that surrounding area. So I'm I have the best of both worlds, and uh, you know it's a it's a, a you know such an honor to um, still be exploring that. You know it was um, a lot was taken away from me. Uh, here when I was a child, I was taken to residential school here in Edmonton. And uh, as soon as my father got us uh, back, he immediately packed us all up, took us back home to uh, Fort McMurray. And uh, the Hart family on my dad's side helped build that town. And, uh, you know, and on my mother's side, the McDonald's family of Fort Mackay First Nations have always been chief, have always been uh, you know, uh, a leader in that uh, community for a long time and my grandfather, Philip, uh, to my historical aunt, the histor my historical aunt, Chief Dorothy McDonald um, of Fort Mackay as well, who took uh, the uh, oil companies and the governments to courts in the late seventies and won protective rights for every single indigenous community in Canada. So as a little girl, I got to watch her do that. And that was really impactful in my life. My mom was so traumatized from residential school from surviving, surviving everything she tried to survive and being that traumatized that she left me with my aunt a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, right? Because she knew I was safe. She knew I'd learn something and she knew I'd be influenced. Um, so I'm really, really grateful and thankful for that. And, um, you know, I just, uh, you know, it's my, my poor mother, you know, she, she went through a lot. And unfortunately, she was murdered here in Edmonton in 1999 from an ex-stalking boyfriend and uh he he got to walk he got to walk no charges no value didn't racist comments were made things were, were going on there um it, it, and they really didn't value my mother's life and then uh you know recently i just started to talk about these things but uh i'm a murder attempt survivor myself so when i was uh, almost murdered uh the police asked what before they ever came to, to the call, to come to the, arrive to uh, do the call, they asked my what my nationality was and the guy at the store told them and they never came. They never came because I was Aboriginal. Um, so, you know, things like that. And then I had, you know, um, some of my friends and their bodies found outside the city um, as well. So uh, it's it was uh, quite a scary time there in the 90s um and uh the early 2000s when a lot of this was going on and not being addressed and kind of done in the dark and no one was really valued then well you know things are changing now things are coming to the light you know um that's not always our identity is not always in the dark you know and uh so i think that that's really really important i am uh, still trying to learn more of my heritage i've been uh here in the city um, you know, for, for a long time, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, shaping my talents, um, cause my first love is music. My first love was music. My first companion was music. My first, you know, escape was music, you know, and, uh, as a child, that's what I, I dreamed I would be. And I knew when I was a child, very, very young that I would be on television. I would be on the radio. I would be on stage. I would be, I'd have an album out. I'd be everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I knew this very young, so I really uh, strategically went through my life knowing I would be an artist. You know, I always knew I'd be an artist. But all that uh, trauma, systematic racism, 
um, you know, uh, all that oppression, all of this, uh, that genocide, that still, all of that bleeds into this every day. And people think that's long ago and that's history. No, 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 no. All of that strategically embedded in every system and every structure that we have to deal with. So you imagine the daily life of, of an indigenous person in this country. So uh, that's why I'm with the people. I started to just share my personal story um, 2015. And it just, it just took me to all these places. I never dreamt that uh, I would go with my voice and for uh, the voice of my murdered or missing and exploited loved ones, you know? So uh, I had no idea. And I just, uh, when you're on your path, everything tennis comes in and it's so divine and it's so easy and it's so designed. And you're just, when you know you're on your path, all of these things come into your life and the universe just sends you and all, all these gifts in the spirit world, your ancestors are opening all these doors, right? And that's yes. how it's been. That, that is how it's been. So, uh, you know, I, I, it didn't take me long to know what I would be doing for the rest of my life. Let's just put it that way, you know, like once these things started to happen, you know, yeah. and uh, I'm, I'm also uh, an actress. Uh, I'm also uh, an ex-casting agent for local to Hollywood films. And, uh, you know, I, I, I cast my baby cousin in Blackstone and she won Best Actress at the uh, Rosie Awards. So, you know, things like that and employing thousands and thousands of Edmontonians, especially Indigenous Edmontonians and getting them seen, getting them heard, giving them opportunity, putting money in their pocket, you know, um, them going back to their community to say, look what I did, look what I did, you know. Yep. And uh, so that's, that was really, really important to me. So we did all of, of those things and I had to put some of those on the back burner. Like I love art and everything, but I no longer uh, am a casting agent. I no longer am really acting anymore because the stereotypical um, uh, roles really turned me off. And uh, speaking of which, I need, I need, a new, I, I need some, some new representation because uh, you know they don't really understand where I'm coming from when it when I say you know these particular roles are really turning me off this art, right? So uh, I put that on the back burner and I'm just speaking now, and I'm with the people all the time and uh, it's now virtual and uh, just thank you for having me here, Michelle. Oh gosh, I'm so honored and you know you shared so much about uh, the violence that you receive as an Indigenous woman on a regular basis. And um, I'm really uh, angry to hear that uh, the cops didn't come. And uh, it's typical, I'm not going to lie. So I grew up here in, in Calgary in, well, I was born in 77. So like 100 years after training was signed, I was born here. And, uh, you know, at, at that time, the police did not listen to Indigenous women either and my mom was pretty badly hurt and hospitalized and she has like a permanent head injury from it and it's really awful there's no nice way to say it it's just really awful and um but we're here and you know we try to move forward and and I thought it would be really important to have you it's funny how scheduling works out I think it's perfect to have you the day well, I guess the first weekend after uh, May 5th, the uh, day that we we honor missing and murdered Indigenous people with like red skirts or red dresses or 
uh, red shirts. We also had red shirts here. So I, I was just wondering um, what you may have done for uh, red shirt day in, in where you were. So that was a really, really busy day for me. I was booked from 8 a.m. till 8 p.m. that day. <laughs> I was all over the province that day. Uh, so, okay, we got, how long do we got? <laughs> I'll just mute myself. Okay, yeah. let, me tell you, let me tell you about that day, girl. Let me tell you about that day. So uh, what happened was I was so honored. I was so honored to be a part of this Northern agenda of, of where I come from. So I get to go home and be a part of this Northern initiative. Okay, so it's really exciting. So Carrie Thomason, um, she's worked in social work and police and uh, court procedures. She's helped with the Cindy Gladue uh, court uh, support right now. And she's, she's a veteran, she's known, she's, she's very well connected and she knows all the legalities and all that processing system things that I don't know because I just survived, right? So I have this lived experience. She has this worker's experience and we kind of teamed up because it's a perfect balance, man. What I don't know, she knows. And what she don't know, I know. It's just too perfect. So we're, we're teaming up and we're doing the initiatives moving forward because the delay, we're not going to delay. That's fine if they want to delay. They have a better have a good excuse for this delay. And um, so we were uh, talking with all these people all over the place. And um, well, they had their, their, they had their social distance walk here in Edmonton as well. Uh, and with Bear Clan doing the lead on that, which is great. Judith Gale is doing some really, really great work here for Bear Clan. So uh, eight o'clock in the morning, uh, I started to get ready for my day. I had to organize, get everything ready and separate all of that different events. So 9 a.m. I was on a panel with uh, Athabasca Tribal Council and their, 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 their uh, two-spirited community representative and um, a bunch of waypoints and a bunch of uh, workers in the, in the community um, that are really doing the work uh, for Wood Buffalo region for McMurray and surrounding area and all those other communities. And, you know, it, it was, it was, beautiful to do that for home. So it really, really touched me. It really, really touched me. It had something because some, some meaningful and something impactful because it's vacant there. It is so vacant there. And, uh, you know, RCMP and police are not really doing their job and they're just passing through. There's no rooted people in the community really trying to make that difference. It's just send the trainees in, send the trainees out. And rookie, rookie this, and rookie this, and rookie this investigation, and rookie that investigation. You can't have it. You can't have it. Mm. So we really, really need to be organized and strategic about moving forward uh, of getting organized, man, because we are not, our community's leadership is not organized. Community and leadership is not right here, right here. It's not right there all together. You know, it really needs to be. So um, everyone in the community needs to be well enough and, and to unite and leadership needs to be complimentary and open and have this great dialogue. And we need to get organized of how we're going to move forward in action. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're aware of everything that's going on. You know, there's not many people that don't know what the problems are. And we're just kind of tired of talking about this. 
and uh, you know it's moving on the next steps. So you know you need to gather the needs of your people. You need to gather that and put it in point form and start knocking those off and and getting your people in your in the band office of the people the that do the the funding and and do the you know the grant writing. Uh, we need them more than ever right now. So it just needs to get really organized and really supported and, and creating that dialogue. So we want to go up to the north to try and get that done. Yeah. To try and get that done. So I'm really fortunate that I get to work like my, my full job, my full-time job <laughs> for, for my, my contract job. Because I have all these other contracts on the side, if I tell you, um, is working for Fort McKay. So they supported this panel that we did that morning with Athabasca Tribal Council. And we had this really big discussion of the of what's really needed, what's vacant, what's there, what's not, and moving forward on this future. And then, um, so that was really great. That was all open, and uh, they got to ask us a few questions. Great, it was. I felt really good about it. it really touched home for me. And then I was on with Fort Mackay First Nations after that, and went on to the Fort Mackay page, and I did 15-minute safety snippets of murdered missing, identifying human trafficking, safety list, um, the, the need to involve men and boys, youth awareness, you know, all of these kinds of things. Um, just, you know, something to just give them the meat on the plate and not the side dishes, you know? And, and sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they do need that side dish, but if I make it shorter and more impactful, they seem to really pay attention and seem to really stay engaged because I can go on and on about all this stuff for like at least my minimal is an hour and I go on for like two I could go on for two easy yeah. this is all things that are so important but I, 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 I need to keep their attention right especially when I work with the youth right I got to throw in something fun with that hey it's like oh you're coming over here you're going to learn about healthy relationships but then I'm going to teach you how to sing right hey that's great right? I'm going to teach you how to sing and then oh we're going to talk about um uh you know uh murdered or missing and exploitation and human trafficking awareness and then i'm going to teach you how to act right and uh and vice versa so i have all this uh artistic training that i can give to them right because i'm i'm self-taught and that's the key is you got to teach indigenous people differently we, we learn differently we retain differently uh, you know, you have to decolonize all that kind of teaching and that structure and that, you know, it's not like that with us. Okay. So you teach in that way. So uh, really fortunate to be doing that for Fort Mackay and um, doing the murdered, missing and uh, human trafficking and violence prevention initiative for the North, for, for Wood Buffalo area and those communities, my community, Fort Mackay First Nation and carry Thomason will be working with me and, you know, Fort, Fort Chippewyan, they're, they're involved as well, right? And my cousins in Fort Smith and, and, you know, we're going all the way and just trying to get everyone involved to where it's vacant and just know that help is coming and that we're, 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 we're not going to be delayed. We're not going to wait for governments. We're not going to wait for anybody. They can eat our dust. They can <laughs> eat our dust because we ain't going to sit around and wait anymore. Um, this delay has motivated has motivated us, it really has, um, and, and, and really upset uh, myself and a lot of the families and advocates and, 
and everyone that uh, there is this delay after two years after the, 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 you know, we're coming up on the two year anniversary of 231 calls to action. So with all of that, I took that and I went to the red dress um, social distance walk and the uh, social distance open closet they were giving clothes to the homeless and, and just doing everything safely had everything organized had lots of security kept every everyone really safe cohorted and and it was great you know so they did that and then I went down there and I spoke at park and I just gave them this really big powerful speech of everything that we were just talking about mm -hmm. and um you know so I I, I just let them know we're, we're moving forward and it's all about action you know so uh, it's all about uh 2021 is all about love and action. You know, the mm -hmm. world, you see what's going on in the world. They want change. You know, they're, they, they're sick of this racial dust up They're They're sick of um, being failed over and over and over again. Right. And oh, all these God, empty yes. promises and all this and all that. Right. Yeah. And for people really seeing, uh, you know, the system, uh, how it's set up and what it's supposed to be doing. And in an overpopulated world, mental health is a huge issue, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, taking that into uh, concern as an Indigenous person, we're highly more targeted, you right? know, and looked really at as more disposable. Yep. Right. So, so after that, I uh, went and and I filmed um, uh, for the social. I'm going to be on the social on CTV for the two year anniversary special of the National Inquiry uh, next month. So I went and filmed uh, that for that at Freebird Entertainment here in Edmonton. They're a professional. Uh, uh, she's a Callie is a professional certified sound woman. She films, she edits, she does, she does it all. And uh, CTV and everyone was really impressed by her. She is amazing. So I went to her. She took care of all the tech made everything look very good, very professional. And uh, so I'm really thankful to that. And then, uh, you know, just got all of that together for them. Um, they really, really um, engaged in some really impactful, powerful questions and some hard hitting ones that are just gonna be, you know, uh, it's necessary. And, and they said, you know, we know that. And they said, you know, that was hard for you. But when you guys said genocide, and the family said it was genocide. We have to tell that side of the story. And I said, well, you guys are breaking the glass ceiling here because everyone else was kind of, whoa. Yeah, I don't want to talk ridiculous. about that. Yeah, it was I ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Like no march for us, no uproar for us, no no nothing for us. Okay, so and how did that make us feel? But right? just to point that out, like right now is the 75th um, anniversary of the liberation of the Holocaust. And I'm watching their events, rightfully so. Like, I'm not going to dismiss the gravity of those in any way. But that bigger picture that, okay, we we had sanctions as, as, as a world, we decided to put sanctions against Germany. And Canada still doesn't understand the gravity of how lucky they are that there's not major sanctions against them. And in fact, as far as I'm concerned, they're lucky that um, Indigenous aren't violent in the sense that we're gonna overthrow their government and kick them out because I, I actually went to, uh, I, I surveyed with a, a friend of mine who was from South Africa and him and his white family left that area because 
at that time, black people were opening the doors and shooting you in the face if you, you know, didn't move because that was reparations, dude. Right? Like, and, and there's such a lack of understanding by Canada how freaking lucky they are that when we talk about genocide, they aren't like giving serious repar like reparations for what they've done mm -hmm. and not just nationally, internationally. Mm -hmm. So they like, they need to smarten up and they need to have a pretty big conversation about genocide. I, that we have this problem in this uh, stupid school right here. They won't even change the damn name of one of the first founders of uh, Indian residential schools because, you know, oh, they don't want to change the past. How ignorant and awful of a human being are you that you would even fight this conversation in any capacity when we are talking about genocide and again, how lucky Canada is that they don't have the reparations that they're, like you said, 231 calls to justice that haven't even been acknowledged properly. Holy up. Ah! I know, I know, and, and here's the thing. They spent all that money collecting what we already knew we needed that money to attack it in action, yep. right? Like, oh my God, oh my mm -hmm. God. You just opened all these wounds and traumatized all these people and spent all that money. And what we, two years later, what are we seeing? Nothing, nothing. Well, and a, a year later, what, like, like the anniversary April, even I did that convoy for action. No one, no one else was making a big uproar about it. Like you got to keep the momentum up, right? Yep. And then, 100%. and then, so actually, to finish that day, after I went and spoke down there, I had to rush back home to get back on the line because I had to uh, do some. Uh, Carrie Thompson and I had to do an open conversation with Tribal Chief Ventures, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and and their uh, families and, and their serving communities, central communities here in central Alberta, um, that, you know, are affected by murdered or missing and, uh, exploited, uh, and human trafficking and, and violence prevention. Right. So we left that really good open conversation. It was really, really amazing. And I think we just need more of that because I think the families just want to be heard more. Um, and, uh, you, you host some of these, uh, online and on, uh, uh on-call gatherings as well. So you know, too, uh, Michelle, that a lot of these families, as soon as they can get heard, they just want to share what happened to them, yeah. right? So yeah. I think it's really important that we keep creating those platforms for them to be heard. And I think that kind of helps release and talk about it because it sure did for me. It sure did for me. As I talked about it more and more and more and shared and shared, it wasn't so tough anymore. And that was healing and release as well to me. And, and, and for me and uh, having more understanding of everyone's 360 visual, I want to, I want to know what everyone else is thinking. Right. And especially when I'm, I'm with uh, a lot of uh, Canadians all the time, you know, it's not always indigenous people that I'm with. I need to educate those that don't know the truth. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and when you're an artist and you can combine both those worlds, it keeps their interest. You know, it's like, Okay, well, my band opened up for the, some of the biggest rock stars in, in, in Western Canada. We've done it for 15 years straight. You name it, I've opened for them. Dwight Yoakam and, and uh, Blue Rodeo, like our fourth show was opening up for Trooper. Then Blue Rodeo and then Perry Oyster and then Colin James and then Bare Naked Ladies. CCR, my sons and I opened up for CCR, you know, and, and all these kinds of Dwight Yoakam after he played the Grammy Awards come play. We went and opened for him so it, it's it's you know 
you combine that interest and you get these, these um, settlers, you get these settlers that don't get it, don't get it. But once you get their attention and you make it a little bit more interesting, it was amazing because before when I wasn't mentioning these other uh, artistry ways I express myself um, and, and I just spoke to them about what the truth was, their ignorance was so thick and it just clouded the room. But once I grabbed their attention and said, hey, you know, and tell them the story, you know, my band drank all of Charlie Major's beer and we're going to write a song about it. You know, things like that, right? Yeah. So, and you get their attention and all of a sudden they're smiling and they're engaging and they're like, wow, this is an, uh, an Indigenous person who, 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 who was from this place down here, who, who, is, is elevating not only themselves, but the, the, the voice of their people. And, and then they started to get it once they get that hard truth, right? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. So upon their own moral compass, right? Mm -hmm. When you give them that truth and you give them that story, I've seen light bulbs, I've seen change. I've seen a whole wave of, these settlers, the way they look at me or they engage with me before and after mm -hmm. it's, it, you should, it's amazing. It is amazing. So I've never, never, ever experienced public hate. I've never, ever experienced anything like that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's the spirit world. Thank you. So, uh, you know, and thank you grandfather. Cause I know he's, he's watching over me, but, um, you know, that's what it is. I know, I know that's what it is. I just, I truly do. Uh, and protecting me and stuff. But, um, you know, I've, uh, to be able to change those minds and then those minds try to change others, that really helps with the action part. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and then those, those ignorant people that want to be part of and stay in that, in that, um, you know, that, that racist thought and that uh, urban, um train of of how they live you know that's fine that's fine then they, they can go away they can go away with that but these other people uh start to care and uh, i've gotten some great messages from from rural rural canadians that said wow like thank you i had no idea i just been listening to all of this crap and it's all been lies and when i was in school they told me lies he says i just i looked up all this stuff i said i know I didn't know my truth and I'm indigenous. I went to school and they fed me lies too, you know? So I, I get it. I get it. It wasn't until I was older that I, that I realized it's like, okay, that's why my mom never told us our language. That's why my mom never spoke of her past. That's why my mom, you know, was looking to the doctors for help. And that's why they screwed her up. And that's why she ended up the way she, she did. She did her best with how she survived. She did her best. And, and she couldn't show us what that love is, you know? And, and, and I understand, and I understand, and I forgive her. And for that, I am truly free. And for that, I am truly free. So that really helped me unload my healing, my rooted pain. And it helped me stop that intergenerational trauma as my children don't know trauma and my two grandbaby girls, they don't know trauma. Right. And uh, that's one of the biggest successes of my life. And I wish that for all. And, um, you know, with all of that going on, 
and that really does bleed into red dress day you know because um you know a lot a lot of us are, are not even not even living that that lifestyle that you think that would happen um my mother wasn't living that lifestyle when mm -hmm. she was murdered there's yeah. many people that had nothing to do with that kind of lifestyle and yet you blame and yet you shame and you have no right no right to ever talk or ever media oh media has no right to ever use these ugly words too when it comes to our people surviving yeah surviving strategic oppression strategic genocide strategic racism yes. okay so yeah so that's 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 the truth and you gotta you gotta give it to them and we're coming to a point now we're not we can't be nice about it anymore we can't be quiet about it anymore and um the indigenous communities i don't care if people get mad at me about this stop being silent about your predators thank you stop being silent about your predators so they can keep reoffending, reoffending, reoffending. It is ridiculous. This yeah. is not okay anymore. I just talked to some youth not too long ago and talked to them and like, I have no one to talk to. No one, no, they just, my parents don't care. My uncle did this to me and, or my cousin did this to me and, and, and I have no one to turn to. And they just keep like, what do I do? I don't know what to do. Like they don't know where to go and no one's believing them and this is ridiculous like why are we still doing this this is old stuff old 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 way this is this is an old way that should not be brought back this is an old ugly thing that that we have no right doing we have no right doing this anymore yeah. don't be silent of what is going on because that is what hurts our people the most and our men and boys, our men and boys are left out of everything. It's ridiculous. There's no need for that. So the National Inquiry, talk about red dress day, you know, absolutely what our, don't ever dismiss what women and girls go through. Don't ever, ever dismiss that. I understand that. Okay. And our two-spirited, you know, uh, pronouns I use are she and her. Pronouns I use are she and her. And, um, you know, so I, I think that's really important is that we address our history, our two-spirited people and our LGBTQIA people and this beautiful community of these brave souls living their truth. That is beautiful. That should be embraced. That is as a tradition. They Okay, so know your history, people. Know your history, okay? Two-spirited people were revered uh, as a sacred because they carried both sexes that made them more connected to a spirit world and that is a fact that is a fact and i know for a fact too that our two-spirited traditionally used to do ceremony during during the birth to take in anything negative any spirit negative anything negative away from the child and they would take that in that's beautiful yes that's beautiful so please please how our elders know of this stuff we need the two-spirited truth we need the two-spirited truth and, and history as well. They should not be dismissed. They should be given safe space. They should not be afraid to come to their parents and say, this is who I truly am. I need to be living my truth. Because if they don't live their truth, they're in such pain. They're in such pain. They're in the shell. And, and they just turn into the shell of a, and it's not right. Yep. It is not right. You need to embrace these people. We need to embrace each other. It's 2021, honey. 
there's supposed to be flying cars and purple people walking around right now, just like in the movies, right? Right? Yeah. Just like in the movies, right? Right? So it doesn't matter anymore. We're all human beings. We're all fighting for unity. We're all fighting for human rights. We're all fighting for love. And unfortunately for Indigenous people, most of us don't even know what that out to love is. And that seems to be the biggest crime is that we're looking for that love. We're looking for that home. We're looking for that acceptance. We're looking for that security. Yep. We're looking for something good so we don't have to keep surviving, surviving, surviving. We want to live. We yeah. want to live. We have every right to live. And, thrive. and shame on anybody that ever has anything to do with that in the prevention of that. After mm -hmm. everything that we've survived, we're still here. And Indigenous people, I like Aboriginal, you know, I just, I don't know, that's, Indigenous is really worldly, it's really worldly, but, you know, organically, or, you know, Aboriginal, original, original peoples here, right? After everything that happened to us, right? We should be proud, you should be proud of who you are, you know, a lot of our young people are not proud to be Indigenous, so that's when they need to learn more about their identity and their, their, their culture and their ceremony and their their language and they have the apps, they have the phone, they can learn on there too, you know, but they need to be connected to our elders, most of all. And I think adopt an elder program should be really be uh, for youth to elder, uh, mm -hmm. adopt an elder program uh, is something that should be developed. Uh, early intervention is really key to all, all of uh, us fixing all of this, right? So, yeah. Yeah, no, what a great, um what a great conversation thank you thank you thank you i couldn't agree more at every single level i tell people all the time that um you know are are uh i actually so you probably don't know this because i don't get a chance to talk to you nearly as much as i want to and um there was a book that uh, was written by sarah carter and it was called the importance of monogamy and it changed my worldview. And it changed me because I recognized that, you know, we're always told this, the gay agenda, but it's actually the straight agenda that was imposed on our people. And it was done so that they could uh, have that land theft through men. And uh, so it, it just helped like make everything so much clearer of what, why everything was done. Cause all they care about is money, right? So they want to mm -hmm. have land ownership. So it was just, everything made so much more sense after that book it changed my worldview on everything and and it did make me a, a prouder indigenous person and i know uh when you talked about forgiving your mom um boy oh boy you know i was a really awful teenager to my mother because i didn't understand and i was taught by you know the education system the media my my father my my white side about how awful indigenous were from their point of view but once I understood the truth, and I would argue, actually, my mom, she, you know, obviously out of survival, doesn't go down that road. I'm the first generation to wear a ribbon skirt, right? So we're doing that intergenerational healing as well. And that, uh, you know, intergenerational strength is something I'm so proud of. And I want that for all of Indigenous youth. I want them to thrive. We're in a post-apocalyptic state. So I want them to thrive. I want them to do well. And you know, the, 
that's the goal and and we have all the tools and then that's the irony you talked about barriers i call out ahs every single episode to remind them they purposely fund you know christian organizations to be given they get all the money instead of culturally appropriate indigenous education indigenous um you know cultural uh, teachings elders like we never fund properly the honorariums for indigenous people uh, no wonder we're on the bottom of the socioeconomic ladder, right? Mm -hmm. So there's so many levels of, uh, thank God, preach, preach, because that's what I agree with. That's what I need to hear. But the, the bigger picture, um, because you're on my podcast, there's that, that picture that I'm sad to say a lot of Canadians have never heard two Indigenous women speak ever, let alone about a topic like this and the violence that we experience every single day and how we have to you know hear all this negativity from their media from their schools from their culture about who we are and we not only have to unpack that but we have to you know relearn our education relearn our language relearn relearn because they took it away you know like that's the genocide too is like um the trc talked about cultural genocide i mean i would argue genocide is genocide is genocide we are dying and we are dying because these institutions refuse to change as stupid as they think they they are about you know what a name change it's like these are really important things and they don't see how you know that internalized self-esteem issue is absolutely contributed by so many levels of their insidious barriers that they put in front of all of our youth. So my hope was by starting this podcast that I could just call out all of this stuff. And you know what, I'm finding more and more people understand it now because they are hearing us, they are hearing what we're saying. And that's a huge shift. I mean, obviously, I thank all the Indian residential school survivors, all of the folks who have been telling their trauma uh, about missing and murdered Indigenous people for decades. Um, you know, like these people who have spoken these truths, have helped educate our you know society so much giving giving us you and i a place to be able to talk about this in in a space that we never did because like i had one elder who's recently passed away and he said that we didn't even have the words at the start of aim you know look at the net next the next generations like the way they speak they know exactly what's going on and they're really educated in english blah 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 but that bigger picture is that I should be speaking Dene, you should be speaking Dene, and we should be, be going, okay, your dialect of Dene is a little different, so I think you said this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you, you would say, hey, you sound more prairie. You yeah. sound more northern prairie in your dialect, right? <laughs> so I love I love talking to my girlfriend Susie because she she speaks Dene to me and and uh you know, and and then APTN has um, all these multi languages on uh, on on the channel now too, and uh, so that's really good. And they're also on the radio now, mm. so it's good. It's good. It's getting out there. It's getting out there, and yeah. uh, it's just really. It, it, the thing is too. It's really unfortunate. Is that is that I'm so busy. I'm so busy <laughs> with all these families. I'm so busy with human rights. I'm so busy. You know, just putting, uh, trying to break glass barriers and having our voices elevated to these other places where, you know, we can actually get the help because, and, and I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired of empty promises, I'm tired of vacancies, I'm tired of delays, I'm, I'm just so tired, but, but uh, I'm not, 
from from hearing about it, which has mo motivated Carrie and I to just kind of move forward. Like, just they're going to eat our dust. We're just going to get this done ourselves. Like, this is just ridiculous. Yeah, it is just ridiculous. And the money that they give to funding this is a slap in the face. It's a slap in the face. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. Me and Carrie are going to get it done anyway. It doesn't matter. It has to be done. It has to be done. And Agreed. we're going to go to these places where it's vacant. And we, we have a we have a busy year. We have a lot of contracts with a lot of people to help. They're like, we need you to help our community. Jesus, it's just, we don't know what to do. This is so many murdered, so many missing, so many just disappearing, human trafficking, all the mess, the mess. Oh my God, it is such a big, oh, it's horrible because they're making it right on the, the land. Yeah. they're making it right on the land so the, these are the major major issues that we're seeing right now right yeah. so my goodness we have a lot of work to do because um we need to get organized and we need leadership and community to come together and we need the community to stop fighting with one another my goodness really like is this is this 1990 like am i in high school and am i in high school again uh, and they got to fight at school all the time just because I'm indigenous. Like this yeah. is ridiculous. And, and here I thought I come home, it'd be different. No, no, I come home and it's not different. I still got to fight. I still got to fight. And it ain't, we can't do this anymore. We shouldn't be doing this with each other. The fight isn't between you and I, the fight isn't with the people in your community. Save the fight for those who fail you save the fight for their save the fight for there, save that fight for where it should be, yeah. you know? And, uh, you know, I understand there are times and things that have happened between people, um, you know, especially with the sexual abuse, um, being so swept under the rug. I understand that there's some things you can't forgive, but there's, and, and, and there's other things that can be forgiven. So those things that can be forgiven, please, Please, we need each other more than ever right now. And, yeah. and if we don't, if we don't start caring for one another and stop the fighting between one another, stop hurting one another, you know, this, we're just going to stay in this mess longer, right? So we need to be strategic in our healing to know what that love is, to just spread that around. Let that be the next pandemic. Love is teachable let love spread around, you know, yeah. and we really need to watch out for one another right now as well. So I just, I think it's really important that we do that. We know it's unsafe for us. We know that we're targeted. And the reason why we're targeted is because the lack of justice, we don't get justice. What's that? What justice is that word? Unicorn. That's a unicorn. That's a unicorn. <laughs> justice is a unicorn. It's true. It's you know, you what, know what is that? I don't know what that is. Yeah, so know. it's a legal system that we have to deal with. And then once the legal system, um, you know, uh, what happened to Joey English, when, when a guy get, gets that amount of time, that sends a message and the media sends that message out to unwell Canadians who want to kill, who want to hurt, who yep. want to maim, who want to rape. And, and they think, okay, I'll, I'll, I can get away with it with an Indigenous person. I can chop them up and throw them in garbage bags and only do what? That amount of time? Well, and you wonder why. You wonder why 
we are so fucking angry. You wonder yeah. why we've just had enough. You wonder why we are targeted and we're the lowest population yet the highest and rated and everything awful. And you have to understand too, that, you know, in Alberta and Northwest Territories, these are the most violent, violent areas in Canada. I know, right? I know. And I tell violent people areas. that and they don't get it. And it's like, we have Nazi flags everywhere. You know, we had two Métis that were just shot and killed. They were hunting yeah. um, just outside of town here. Like these two brothers shot and killed the Siksika man. Like I, I, there's so many levels of how can you possibly even try to talk to me and not say the word, um, I'm sorry about racism. Like I can't even, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's dusted up everywhere around the world, right? Like everyone's yeah. dusted it up and, and now we're really seeing what's going on. But you know what? The South, the United States is bleeding their race, racism and their ignorance and their idiocracies into this country it's it's ridiculous. it's ridiculous what do you mean why do you think we're all cheering for trump oh, oh so gross it's so awful it's so awful so you know uh you know we just need we need better leadership ourselves right yeah like yeah we got, we yeah. got running our province right now it's a fucking nightmare so yeah, 100%. you know what i mean so it's it's really hard it's really hard for us right now yeah and uh in a pandemic on top of it you like, know Jesus, um just so you know, like we just started, uh, like I had a, a young friend of mine who was like in, he's in recovery, some fucking white uh, sponsor had the audacity to like downplay his situation. And I'm like, mm, nope. So we started a private group. There's lots of public groups for, um, you know, in, Indigenous in recovery, but we started a private one. I'm just throwing it out there for, you know, Alberta, New uh, Northwest Territory folks who are interested in kind of doing that work and helping our young people kind of you know grow out of this uh addiction because once we start and and that's what mending broken hearts is so i'm i'm a facilitator for mending broken hearts and you deal with the trauma and of course that dealing once you dealt with the trauma then of course the addiction like it it follows they're one in one in the same and of yep. course white you know Alberta Health Services and Christian organizations aren't going to talk about the trauma that they've imposed with their English, with their Christianity, with their, you know, all of these things that add up to it, never give us the space to smudge, um, you know, still being accused of it being marijuana and, and now like marijuana is legal, but it's the point that it's always assumed we're doing some illegal drugs and stuff like there's stereotypes. I'm so tired. I, I can't even I went and got my vaccines just so I wouldn't have to deal with the stupid medical system because actually just a couple of episodes ago I had uh, Corey um, Ashley on who had just recently lost his wife from Alberta Health Services and Hannah who who basically killed her out of neglect and it it's just it's so it uh, like you were saying how we when we give these uh, verdicts about Cindy Gladue, we just tell that story. It's okay to kill Native people, right? So now if I don't get work out and I, you know, I don't smoke cigarettes, but I know a lot of our people do. But there's so many layers where it's just like the barriers for us to die are so obvious there because you know whether it's the actual police or the soft police, whether it's the nurses, the social workers, the teachers, they're always trying to police us and tell us what we can and cannot do and all this stuff, right? So it, there's so many layers there, but, you know, I just want to say thank you for being on, on my show. I want people to, um, you know, understand that Indigenous are doing the work. I mean, I say it all the time, but having a wonderful spokesperson like yourself come on here and, and having them know, like, 
you know, we're doing this work. You're just not showcasing it. You're not paying attention. You'd rather do the, the trauma porn story over there instead of covering the good stuff that we're doing. And, you know, even for me, I've like almost quit with mainstream media altogether and just gone to the EPTN. And uh, even CBC Indigenous kind of sometimes comes off a little racist to me, but, you know, it's like, okay, I, I'm, I know I'm on, in the spectrum over here now where I, I don't know if I can go back into the white supremacy world. Um, I just can't. Anyway, I'm going to do my closing and you're welcome to chime in as you hear what I say. So please don't hesitate. Um, I'm proud this podcast has given solutions and included cultural uh, safety training and cultural first aid in almost every single one to create a safer space for Indigenous people of color, those with disabilities, LGBTQ2+, to speak. At heretohelp.bc.ca, there's a What is Indigenous Cultural Safety and Why I Should Care by Cheryl Ward, Chelsea Branch, and Alicia Fritkin. Their work are the cultural tools I've said in over a hundred times in my podcast. So please support Indigenous work as part of your reconciliation work and settler understanding. I'm just lucky enough to highlight, highlight and repeat it here. Internalized racism, Stephanie was talking a lot about that internalized and lateral violence that we experience as Indigenous people. But that's another form of violence that uh, we experience because of the structure of racism imposed on these lands, like the Indian Act, Indian residential schools, land clearing policies, these chief and councils, that's not real democracy. And anyone who's ever read like 21 things you should know about the Indian Act should know that. Anyone who, who calls chief and council uh, democracy to me knows that they've just said, I'm an ignorant fool who had the audacity to speak to an educated indigenous woman. So no, that's what I hear. Um, RacialEquityTools.org. Uh, what is internalized racism? So if you're a native person and you're, you know, wondering why immigrants piss you off so much and and all these things, maybe you should learn what that internalized racism is about first before you start pointing fingers out. Uh, do's and don'ts for bystander intervention for American Friends Service Committee. Um, you know, Google it. If you see or experience racism here in Alberta, report it to Act to End Racism or text at. 587-506-3838. Indigenous have been talking about our issues, sharing our traumas in reports, commissions, and public hearings, just so it can be regularly disregarded. No more. Honor our words. Honor our treaties. Listen to politicians and their policies and platforms. If they don't recognize marginalized people in their budget with gender equity plus, if they're cutting violence prevention programs and services and funding Christian ones, you know, Indigenous education, they're cutting uterus health choices, gay straight alliances, they have a lack of human rights for migrants, immigrants, folks with disabilities. Know that your vote to the, that party is negatively impacting people like me. Demand that they implement the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's calls to action, the recommendations of the Royal Commission on Aboriginal Peoples, the multiple reports about child welfare reform, violence prevention, and now 231 calls to justice from the National Inquiry on Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women girls in two-spirit. Denying these reports is a form of abuse called gaslighting. Our people are experiencing extreme racism in the educational justice and health institutions with multiple reports that say the same thing. Demand change from election platforms and politicians. They don't understand colonialism, racism, privilege, and sexism. They have zero business running. It should be understood by all parties, local politicians, community organizations, sports clubs, etc. A really great article is Truth Before Truth, How Non-Indigenous People Can Become Allies. 
If you're experiencing emotional distress after anything we talked about and want to talk about it, call the First Nation and Inuit Help for Wellness Helpline at 1-855-242-3310. It's toll free, open 24 hours a day, and you can also text them at hopeforwellness.ca. If it's more related to missing and murdered Indigenous women, girls, and two-spirit, you can call 844-413-6649. It's a national toll-free 24-7 crisis line to provide support for anyone who requires emotional assistance related to those issues. Non-Indigenous, there are distress centers in your area and a functioning 211, or you can call 833-456-4566. If you see or experience racism, you can report it at Act to End Racism or text it at 587-506-3838. Uh, there's also the stophate.ab.ca. I've recorded many of things there. Then we also have the Trevor Project. They have given lots of resources for LGBTQ2+. So they have a trans lifeline, they have a youth line, they have the kids help phone, one 800 68 or 668-6868, and lifevoice.ca has even more supports. Violence is my everyday reality. Every Indigenous generation has faced it. That's why I started this podcast, to speak freely, without interruption, without tone police, without leadership shaming, without gaslighting questions, as many people don't want to hear Indigenous opinion, but sure want to tell us theirs by people who know nothing about Indigenous colonialism, the constant surveillance of our people, our protests, our vigils, and our rights, just typical microaggressions, people dealing with internalized racism, people who are gatekeepers and survive off the status quo and who are still in their trauma, stopping people from doing the work and depleting personal resources. Internal and external racism is an everyday reality for Indigenous people. I want to say thank you to my friend Stephanie and my ancestors, my granny of and my mom of what strength looks like through their example. I want to thank my dad for teaching me to be strong and blunt, my stepmom for showing me what a proud culture is through her Austrian roots and teaching me to be a proud Calgarian. It's through her I'm a second generation proud Calgarian. Thank you to my husband Darcy for producing and editing the show on top of being my husband and childhood friend, my father of our child. Uh, you've been supporting me on my journey on the Red Road and witnessed decades of racism and sexism. And to our child, who we are blessed to learn from daily, we are honored you chose us. You give me daily accountability to be a better and stronger person. And I hope my daughter and my family will be proud in the future of us trying to discuss these present day issues. My Patreon account is Native Calgarian, where you can pledge and support. Thank you to my previous donors for sharing, uh, for showing the support. If you value listening or watching and can afford to give, thank you. To those who cannot afford to give, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com, where you can send in your comments or questions. I also have a YouTube channel where you can go and subscribe, and you can go to nativecalgarian.com for the latest podcast and pin, uh, pin posts on social media. And uh, lastly, uh, something new that happened this week was I was uh, nominated for a podcast award. So um, I just encourage people to go vote, like amazing other podcasts were put on there. So I'm just I want to showcase all these amazing podcasts that are there and I'll end with giving side eye to those Calgary rabbits you're lucky I'm not your dish and my beautiful cousin would respond or you'd be in my dish thank you for listening <laughs>